I celebrated my seventh year anniversary of ordination to the priesthood a couple, about a week ago, six days ago, and the first thing that I did when I was ordained a priest was go and visit the Native Americans or First Nation people up in Canada on Corpus Christi. And this is the first time I've ever given a homily from the altar. And I checked, it's, it's not improper if there is a reason. And I believe the reason that I am going to be speaking to you from the altar is an important one. And that is today we celebrate the body and blood of Christ. I felt in prayer that it was important from time to time to walk us through the missal, to walk us through the Eucharistic prayer, because as Catholics, we often hear that this mass is man-made and that our faith is not biblical. Oh, nothing could be further from the truth. Do you know there is more scripture in one Catholic weekday mass than there is in any Sunday Protestant service period? The entire mass is scriptural. <clears throat> now, I would like to walk you through the Eucharistic prayer, word by word, and showing you where not only is it scriptural, but why it's truly the body and blood of Jesus Christ. You know, Eucharistic prayer two is shorter and therefore the one I will use, but you could do this with all the Eucharistic prayers. As the priest begins and establishes the offertory and blesses the bread and the wine to prepare it to become the body and blood of Christ, he then begins the Eucharistic prayer. So the priest, and I am not consecrating anything, so please do not worry, but the priest begins with his hands extended saying, you are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Where does that come from? Second Maccabees 14. So now, O Holy One, you are indeed holy, O Lord. Lord of all holiness, the fount of all holiness. Keep undefiled forever this house that has been so recently purified. Our church is going through purification. Then the priest extends his hands over the chalice in what's called the epiclesis, this is a calling down of the Holy Spirit. It's an invocation of the Holy Spirit. Why? What is happening? The priest is asking the Father to send the Holy Spirit down to change this bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. By the ministry of the priest, he's given that ability despite our brokenness. And so the epiclesis, the word means to call down. Next, what does the priest say? The priest says, make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Where does that come from? John 6, verse 53. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now, 
remember, I think something that's very important is the word for, and you know what, I will, I will get to that. I'll, I'll pass that for now. But let's focus on what's happening here. The priest, now there are two ways to give blessings. The priest can give a blessing by laying his hands on you. If you've been to an ordination, you wait in the line and you kneel down. And there are several priests being um, ordained this weekend that I've heard, so prayers for them. But a priest can give a blessing by physically laying on of hands or like we do at the mass, giving you the sign of the cross. In this moment, the priest does both. It's a very special moment. Laying on the hands, I say the words over the cut chalice, and then the priest makes the sign of the cross. During the Eucharistic prayer over the gifts, we do both. The priest is asking the Holy Spirit to transform these gifts, as I said, into the body and blood of Christ. Now, let's keep going. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion. Where does that come from? Luke 22, verse 3 and 4. Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And entered willingly into his passion. Where does that come from? John 10, 17 through 18. He entered willingly into his passion. What does the Bible say? For this reason, the Father loves me because I laid down my life willingly that I may take it up again. Now, here's the reason we're here. Father Ron just read from the Gospel of Mark. Did you hear those words? First, let me read you what the Missal says. Let's read what the Missal says, and then we'll read what the Scripture says. The priest reads from the missal. He took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. Then he takes the chalice, right? And he says in a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he took it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. And the priest elevates it. In those words, what we call the words of institution, you have our entire faith. Now, let's look at the words Father Ron read. They come from Scripture. Oh, but our Catholic faith isn't biblical. Listen to the words. You heard what I just read in the words of institution. Here's what the Bible says. And as they were eating, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Father Ron just read that. This is Mark 14, chapter 20, verse 22 through 24. It is what we, our faith is. But it doesn't stop in the Gospels. Paul tells us this. Listen to Paul. Paul says in Corinthians 11, verse 24. 1 Corinthians. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
okay, what is going on here? People, non-Catholics, say that this is Jesus saying, do it in remembrance of me, meaning just think about it from the past. No, the word remembrance to the Jews is anamnesis, which basically is the way Christ used it, which does not mean to remember the past. This is the, such confusion for people. It doesn't mean remember the past. It means our remembrance of what God did for us continues to this day. We'll never forget it. Our remembrance of Christ's passion, death, and resurrection is used today just as the Jewish people did with the Passover as Jeff just read. This is why the church had what Jeff, brother Jeff read in the beginning of this mass. This is incredible. This is not simply remembering or celebrating an event from the past, but actually entails making the event real and present today. This is why when you're at Mass, you are actually there in the upper room because God is outside of time. That's what amnesis means. This is what we say, do this in memory of me. We're making the event real and present so we can enter into the Paschal mystery. You are there in the upper room. This is not a re this is not um, a, a, just a play. This is you're actually there and the priest is in persona Christi preparing this bread and wine to become his body and blood. Now, what about Jesus saying for many? I get a lot of letters saying, why did Jesus say for many and not for all? Yes, every human being has ever lived has been redeemed. He died for all. Why does it say for many? Because it doesn't include himself. Jesus is a human, but it did not include him. So this is why it's many. He's fully giving of himself, nothing for himself. So for many is pardon. Then consecration through Christ's own words that I just read in, in the words of institution, we have transubstantiation. The bread and the wine, which are actually bread and wine to begin with, now actually become body and blood. Don't believe it? There are so many Eucharistic miracles. Every single Eucharistic miracle finds the same thing. Human flesh, heart, human flesh, heart material, the body, and the blood is always AB type blood that is the universal receiver. Jesus receives all people in all nations. It's human blood and human flesh in every Eucharistic miracle. So in that transubstantiation, trans meaning change, substance of substance means it becomes physically the body and blood of Christ. Well, Father, it looks like bread. It tastes like bread. Yes, in its accidents, but in its true substance, it's body and blood of Christ. All right, let's keep going. I'm sorry, but this is just so important. All right, next is the memorial acclamation. All right, the priest, then the mystery of faith. We are called into this mystery. And what happens? Brother Ken sings, when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. You think we just make that up? That's from the gospel or from the Bible. 1 Corinthians 11, 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. It's almost verbatim. The attachment then of this meal to the cross is what we proclaim. It is not a reenactment. We've entered into sacred time. And because God is divine, it is always going on. This mystery is always present to us. Next, 
Let's read what the priest says. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation. Bread of life, chalice of salvation. Did we make that up? The Catholics, you're making this up? No, it comes from John 6, verse 51. I am the living bread, the bread of life. So we offer you the bread of life. It says in the Missal, the Bible says, we offer, I am the living bread, which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. The Missal says, the chalice of salvation. The Bible says, you will live forever. And the bread of which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh, body, blood. Then the priest continues, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Again, scriptural. Matthew 4, verse 11. The devil left him and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Now we are actually taking the place of the angels. The angels ministered to Christ before giving his body and blood. Now the Bible tells us that the angels who came and ministered to him now we, the missile tells us, are doing that. All right. Humbly we pray, the priest continues, that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, there it is, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray this in the Eucharistic prayer. What does the Bible say? Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Again, Let's go to the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. This cup of blessing which we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Partaking in the body and blood of Christ. The missile says, the Bible says, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Next, still 1 Corinthians 10. The bread with which we break, St. Paul says, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread. We who are many are one body. The Missal says we are gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. St. Paul says participation in the body and blood of Christ because there is one bread. We are many and we are gathered into one body for we all partake of the one bread. Entirely scriptural. Next, the priest continues. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, and William, our bishop, and all the clergy. This comes also from the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. This is, we are gathered here, bringing her to the fullness of charity. 1 Corinthians says, faith, hope, and charity abide in these three. And the greatest of these is love. Now the priest continues. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity. I'm sorry. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. The priest is continuing. Where does that come from? Again, we go back. 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead for the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. What does the Bible say? 
prayers and remembrance for those who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection. Paul says, first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For by man came death, by man also comes the resurrection from the dead. So they pray for them who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection. Paul says, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep has come and the resurrection of the dead. Next, the priest says, welcome them into the light of your face. Let's go to scripture. Psalm 31. Let thy face shine on thy servant, O Lord. Next, the priest reads, Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with the blessed apostles and the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages. I read that here in the scripture. What does the Bible say? Luke chapter 1, verse 42. It talks about blessed are you among women. The church says blessed Virgin Mary. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Blessed Virgin Mary, mother of God. The church in the Missal calls her blessed, calls her mother of God. Elizabeth, Luke 1, calls her blessed, calls her mother of God. Next, the priest says that we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your son, Jesus Christ. Where does that come from? Romans 8, 16 and 17. Co-heirs to eternal life that we may glorify you. Where does that come from? Romans, quote, we are the children of God and if children, we are heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him, that we may be co-heirs and that we may praise and glorify him, says it in Romans. Finally, the priest raises the chalice and the patent and he does what Father Mike Gately calls the high point of the mass. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. What is happening? Jesus Christ, as the Mass is perfect prayer. Our prayer alone in our room is not perfect. The Mass is perfect. So when that happens, what is going on? God is offering God to God. How? God the Holy Spirit, by His power, is offering God the Son back to God the Father in atonement for our sins and the sins of the whole world. What is He offering? The body and blood of Christ. Christ is just not saying, I give myself like we do to our loved ones. A spouse will say to a spouse, I give myself to you. But Christ takes it to the ultimate level. I shed my my whole blood, I drain my blood, I give my body physically for you. So this is what's going on at the mass and the priest is offering that sacrifice of Jesus back to the father. What is the father receiving from the son? His body and blood. This is the entire faith. And so this is so important, this supercharged moment. And finally, we're almost done. <laughs> we're going to skip ahead to the fraction, right? because I'm running out of time. The priest breaks the host. It's called the fraction rite. And a small piece is put into the chalice. Why? Because it shows the uniting of Christ's body back to his blood. They were separated on the cross. His blood was spilled. It was separated. Now the priest takes the fraction right, takes the host, the piece of bread, his body, and unites it, puts it into the chalice to unite the body and the blood back together. 
This piece is important. Then the priest, you don't hear him, but silently he says, may the mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. You don't hear the priest say that, but he says that. This is very important. All right, so this is the body and blood. And, 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 and it's a sign of Christ's resurrection. Why? Because a body without blood is dead. And now Christ's body is reunited with his blood, so he is risen. All right, to finish, Brother Ken sings, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. John 1, 29, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. How did he? By the shedding of the blood. Why does the shedding of the blood take away? Because it comes from the Jews. Postulant Jeff just read the shedding of the Lamb's blood. And I want to say something so important. When St. John Chrysostom talked about the blood of the Lamb being shed and spread on the doorpost of the Jews, that's called Passover. The lamb was slain and his blood of the animal was put over the doorposts. When the angel of death came by and saw the blood on the doorpost of the home, he could not enter. He had to pass over it. That's called Passover. What happens now? John Chrysostom says, if that's the case, if the angel passed over the house that had an animal blood on it, how much more will he pass over you, if you put the precious blood, the real blood, the blood of the real lamb over the doorposts to your soul. He said, your soul is like that house. And the front of the door of the house was protected by the blood of the animal. He said, how much more will the angel of death, Satan, pass over you if he sees the true blood, the true blood of the real lamb guarding the doorpost to your soul? That's the precious blood. This is what we have in our faith. So the priest says that may this mingling of the body and blood, again, we go back to body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, bring eternal life to us who receive it. So this is important. Now, after Brother Ken sings the Lamb of God, uh, here's what happens. The lamb was the animal of sacrifice. And do you know what? If you didn't eat that lamb... The sacrifice was invalid. The Jews had to physically eat the lamb or the sacrifice was invalid. We have to eat this sacrifice. We have to partake in it. In fact, the Greek word, the Gospels were read in, uh, written in Greek, is tragon, which literally means to chew, to gnaw. You have to literally chew to gnaw it. This is literal. In the Aramaic, eat the flesh and drink the blood of somebody is not symbolic symbolism because it actually meant to assault somebody. Jesus wouldn't say assault somebody to get eternal life. He's saying eat this. It's literally true because 1 Corinthians 11 says if you eat this unworthily, you bring condemnation, which means it can't be just a piece of bread. If Jesus was speaking symbolically, the disciples would not have walked away. So last the priest says, may receiving of your body and blood, and you don't hear this. This is what we pray silently. The priest prays, Will the, may the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your love and mercy be for me protection in body and a healing remedy. Then the priest lifts it 
And he says, behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Revelation 19.9. Blessed are they who are invited to the supper of the Lamb. Because the priest says, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. That is John, or in Revelation 19.9. And finally, the people say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Again, all of this is scripture. That is Matthew 8, 8. Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter. Who's talking? The centurion. Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. We are the servant. Our prayer is the prayer of the centurion. And finally, the priest consumes and he says, may the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. And when he consumes the precious blood, he says, may the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. You can't get any more. This is scriptural. This is the truth. This is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.